The football season is almost here. This is Warren Sharp, and here at Sharp Football Analysis, there is no dead season. We've been working literally for months writing our 2022 football preview, and I will promise you this. This book is the fastest way for you to get smart for the upcoming season, period. I'm going to give you $5 off right now that's not offered anywhere else to use on your copy. This book is over 550 pages, full color, and previews all 32 NFL teams. It's got comprehensive fantasy football analysis. It's got every single line and total for every single game that's going to be played this upcoming season, all the way through to week 18. It's got forecasted win totals. It's got betting advice. It's got predictions for the upcoming season and so much more. We're talking deep dives into all 32 teams and much, much more. There is simply nothing like this preview in the industry, and I can promise you that. So order your copy right now at sharpfootballanalysis.com and use coupon code ANGLES. That is A-N-G-L-E-S. Use coupon code ANGLES and you will save $5 off your price. Go over to sharpfootballanalysis.com and pick up your copy today. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, uh, training camps have opened. We uh, we kind of have some football. We're, we're in the, the weird spot where the football is happening. We can't make uh, a lot of concrete uh, type of things. We're trying to make you know sweeping conclusions from uh, beat writer Twitter posts and, and uh, training camp stats. Uh, but that, here we are. It's at least showing football is is near. So how are we doing today? Doing great. Uh, you and I haven't done this for, you know, about a month now. So it's, you know, nice to be caught up with you. Uh, yeah. And, you know, some training camps here, it's, we're, we're knocking really on the door now, you know, it's going to be August by the time we, you know, flip over to this point next week. Uh, and, you know, my background working for NBC and doing kind of the blurb news, this was always our, our season that you want to look oh, for. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, definitely when you're looking at all the stuff that you see on Twitter from training camps, you, you want to just look for actual actual news, actual reporting, uh, because, you know, it's not up to these the beat writers to, you know, kind of do – you would think it would be that the, like their job to say, like, oh, yeah, this this is the actual reporting of what's going to feel, but that's not really what happens. You see a lot of stuff like, well, I think this guy could get 1,000 yards this year. But you want to look for, like, exactly, like, what teams are doing, who's, who's playing first-team reps, uh, what teams are actually doing. Like, you know, uh, the Patriots have gotten rid of the fullback in their offense this year. Does that mean that they're playing two tight ends in their base offense? Where's Johnny Smith playing? Things like that. You want to look for actual, actual reporting to kind of sink your teeth into uh, instead of some kind of more of, like, the – the flimsier, more narrative stuff that you will get kind of flipped out there. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, we see a whole bunch of that. Like it, this guy looks good. Like, oh, okay. I would hope so. Right. It's, it's training camp, especially like the first day you're not wearing pads. Like if you don't look good, then that's, that's probably where we're getting a little bit of a hesitation. Like maybe, um, but but even that, like we, we have a long way. Remember, like the Jamar Chase was dropping passes in, oh, in training boy. camp last year. Yeah. So he was he was a bust. Um, and, you know, the, that clearly continued because Jamar Chase didn't do anything during his rookie year. Um, and the same thing, like even some some of the OTA stuff that like we kind of freaked out about. Right. Like the Traylon Burks couldn't finish a practice and 
he was he's been fine through training camp so far um and mm -hmm. that's kind of been the the reports from tennessee too so uh just a uh a, a reminder to to not take everything too seriously uh because we we still have no idea it's it's very early um but uh, we do have a, a couple of you know interesting training camp notes to to take in uh because i think we we have you know seen some stuff um you know the kyler murray contract has come in since the last time uh we talked uh Neither one of us will be playing video games uh, while we are doing this podcast. Um, we're doing. Yeah, we need uh, one more narrative to throw onto the Kyler, another log, right? Like you know, it used to be a thing. Like, well, he kept he gets hurt every year, and then, you know, now it's now we've got to worry about when Call of Duty comes out, you know, and watching film. Uh, yeah, the, the Call of Duty thing is <laughs> absolutely crazy, but like, so like I, I, I kind of get it, like. As a yeah. annoying kid in high school who uh, did not take any notes ever, um, and then would still like ace the test, like I I get feeling that way if like that's what Kyler does. Um, yeah, but again, like it's not like he's doing no film study, right? Like, right. I, I think like we've completely gotten carried away. Like he's just like he's coming in cold and has no idea like what's going on. I it, I think that's. Like we've gotten way too far out um, in like the the meme. It's very memeable this that entire contract clause, and like yeah, yeah. we we've never seen anything like that, especially for it to come out. Um, but that I, let, let's calm down like a little bit uh, because you know, Kyler has been very good. Um, he's quite good at, at football. Like was it second in EPA uh, per dropback? Like through when the Cardinals had a buy. And like, we've talked about the Cardinals so much about what, how it fell apart. And, um, you know, Antoine Wesley basically becoming DeAndre Hopkins when DeAndre Hopkins was uh, not on the field. Um, but I think I've kind of come around on, on the galaxy brain take of, <laughs> um, so the, because they always fall off in the second half of the season. So now, well, so not so much the galaxy brain take, but we'll know what the Cardinals are going to be in the early part of the season, because that's when Cliff does his most fun stuff. That's when they do the creative stuff. And then it falls apart, like in the second half of the year and they start running more of the same plays um, and, and the creativity kind of comes, but they'll need to be their most creative in the early part of the season. Cause they're not going to have Deandre Hopkins. So that kind of benefits them in, in a bit because they'll have the creative when they don't have the number one receiver. And then Hopkins will come back by the time they're starting to get stale on offense if, if they don't change, right? So I think that maybe potentially helps the offense a, a little bit. I mean, Arizona's pretty interesting uh, for that dynamic. And then I think just the signal to what they've done this offseason is, I mean, they're going to play a lot more multiple tight ends, I think, than people think. Uh, you know, they did this two years ago. I think they were second in the NFL in, in 12 personnel two years ago. And then last year, Max Williams gets hurt. They trade for Zaggers. They, they have injuries. They, they don't use it as much. They're not unable to. But this offensive line is is really rough on paper. So they're going to probably insulate themselves in that regard. Uh, and then you factor in the Hopkins injury as well, what they have receiver. I, mean, I think they're going to play multiple tight ends a lot more than people think. Yeah, I mean, you don't draft Especially early. where you did. Yeah. And that was one of the things, like that was one of the the early things that got us, you know, kind of excited about what this offense could be um, because Cliff came in that first year 
uh, and they didn't really have the personnel to be, you know, running, you know, 10 personnel um, and have all those wide receivers. So they became a pretty heavy 12 personnel team. Uh, they had some really good run looks out of that. They were one of the most efficient running teams in the league in that first year. Um, and then that kind of started to fall away, but they, they still run two tight ends like more than you would think. Anyway, they were still about like 22% yeah. last year um, overall. Um, which was, you know, borderline top 10 last year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they, they will play that, especially early in the year, like you said, when like you really only have Marquise Brown, who's going to be, you know, at wide receiver. You have Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. Um, so you're going to have two gigantic tight ends and then, uh, you know, two of the smallest receivers in the league um, who are going to be on the field. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's, you know... So I kind of, we, we talked about this, like when we came back from uh, the combine, right? Cause I, I was there during Cliff's, um, his like press conferences at the combine and the whole vibe of that combine was just kind of like, what happened, man? And Cliff was like, I don't know. I didn't really do a good job. And then like the next day, the, the contract extension came uh, for <laughs> Kingsbury and Kyle, like that, that was the whole thing. Like the entire press conference, just like 15 minutes of just like, why 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 is this not good and he was like yeah i don't know i gotta figure it out because i didn't do a good job and then it's like all right seven year contract um but as we get past that like there are have been times throughout like this run where they have been really good it's just been hard to sustain um and i think a lot of what they have been able to do is because kyler is so good at just kind of making plays out of nothing. Uh, and when this team has been at its best, it's usually been early in the season when that has combined with some of the, you know, creative play calls uh, and, and the structuring uh, and stuff like that. So I'm really interested to see like what they're going to do, whether it's going to be a little more motion because so much of it is, you know, uh, like predicated on them playing fast. Um, but like when you're playing so fast, that's why everyone is staying in the same spot receiver wise. That's why there's only, you know, a couple of plays that they really run. Uh, and that's how they're trying to get the advantage. So, um, you know, through training camp, through the preseason, I don't know how much they'll show in the preseason, but like, we're going to see what the Cardinals are like real early in the season. Uh, and if they're not making any like adjustments and they're still running the same stuff, like then I think that's really when we can be concerned about what is going to happen. But I think Kyler is probably one of the smaller parts um, in that, even, you know, with that extension, he, he's the reason they're kind of able to do that. And they have been able to kind of coast with that because he's so good at making things happen out of nothing. Yeah, and he, he'll wear it now, especially with the contract. It's going to be even worse, right? It's going to be even tenfold. I mean, Kyler's gotten exponentially better every year in the NFL. And every yeah. and across the board, like every single area, uh, he's done nothing but improve, especially when things even get even got worse, especially, like I said, the back half of last year, people playing the injury. Uh, you know, they were running an offense through Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk. Like, that, that, that's going to happen. Like, that's going to happen to your offense uh, when you have no, no explosive playmakers kind of whatsoever. So – and, you know, adding Hollywood, I mean, their, their schedule is an absolute nightmare, though. I mean, and this is a team I think Steve Keim did another questionable job this offseason, you know, far for me, for me, you know, on the couch analyst. But, I mean, this is this roster, it's one of the oldest rosters in the NFL. The offensive line is is really bad. They don't have any, like, anybody signed longevity-wise in the offensive line. There's no stability there. The secondary is is brutal. The, sec the secondary looks awful on paper. Uh, this is a team that I just think has a lot of holes. And then you, they open the season, like you said, without DeAndre Hopkins. 
against the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams, the Panthers, the Eagles. Like, it's rough. It's rough. And then you close the year 49ers, Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bucks. Like, isn't it, like this rough. It's real rough for the Cardinals. It looks like it, it's since because Kyler now with this contract and the way things have gone, like, I feel like it's going to be played up as a scapegoat. But uh, this is a team I definitely believe probably doesn't make the playoffs this year. I'd be surprised if they do. So we'll see how much Kyler ends up wearing for it. But like you said, he's a very, he's not a problem at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if you list out what has gone wrong with the Cardinals, like Kyler is not, not near the top of the list, really. Um, you know, you can say like there are some injuries and, you know, you had the, the playoff game where nothing uh, went right and, and it looked really bad, but it, it's just, uh, he he has not nearly been uh, their biggest problem. So it, it's a deal that's, you know, I think still well-deserved, uh, even though it, it is really big. Like, obviously, it, it didn't hit the, you know, uh, there was always the question of whether we'd see, you know, fully guaranteed contracts now uh, after, you know, the, the Watson thing, which I think makes the Watson thing look even worse that it, it didn't have a ripple effect on others um, coming down the line. But it's it still, when you look at it, like Kyler has the second most fully guaranteed, um, you know, it, it topped Aaron Rodgers. Um, the first year cash is, is the second most uh, behind Dak Prescott. The third year cash is uh, the three year cash flow as the second most um, after Rodgers. So, you know, Kyler's still got a, a decent amount of money, but when you look at some of the contracts that are be- going to come next, uh, you know, you have Burrow's going to come up, Herbert's going to come up. Uh, so you have, you know, those guys. And uh, it, it's interesting because this kind of put a, a little, um, you know, push into, you know, potentially, and Lamar is going to come up too, uh, but Lamar is different. But I think with, with Burrow and Herbert, and I wrote this when I, uh, you know, wrote that contract up, um, you know, there's there, there's a sense that, you know, getting this in done early could potentially like be the path to go to, you know, kind of save some money also, uh, because you probably don't want to be between Herbert and, and Burrow. You probably don't want to be the team that goes second, right? Because that first deal is going to be really big uh, and the, the next deal is going to have to top it. Uh, so I think also probably if you're the Bengals, right. And you're a team that's kind of been cash strapped uh, for a while, um, that might be, you know, that that might incentivize them a little bit to to just get in like on top of Kyler, um, but not have to worry about also beating Herbert's contract, which is probably going to, you know, to come up too. So that that's going to be a really interesting. That'll be a fun offseason when Herbert, yeah. Herbert and Burrow uh, get theirs, uh, especially because the Bengals will immediately follow it by having to to make a hard decision between probably Chase and Higgins immediately yeah. right after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the one of you know the the struggles of, of drafting well um you know this is a team that's you know, has built pretty well through the draft and they've, they've had some high picks uh, because they weren't good for a while um but but arizona's you know, not have, in that boat i mean all this money's Ari- gone to arizona kyler. is Ari- so that that's one of the <laughs> other things of like why you pay kyler now because who else do you have yep. on that roster that you're going to do that they haven't drafted well like outside of kyler like who are the stars on this team like they have players we like um but that roster otherwise and like if you're going to try to find someone who even comes close to kyler like if you're looking that way like that's going to set you back years so it obviously uh for a uh, a head coach and general manager that need to uh win now like obviously signing kyler is is what you needed to do um 
So if we, you know, spin into, you know, some other interesting training camp things, like we're, we're seeing some contract stuff, you know, come up uh, otherwise. And there's, there's no holdouts this year, right? Because basically the, the new CBA completely, you know, er eradicated those because of the fines that cannot be waived. So you, if you're under contract, you have to show up. We have a guy like Jesse Bates who hasn't signed his franchise tag is not showing up because he's technically not under contract. But you have guys like you know, Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf, the next guys in line for the wide receivers, which we spent a whole bunch of time talking about. Uh, those guys have shown up to training camp, but they're not participating in practices. So it's basically a hold in. Um, and both of those guys will want new deals. And, um, you know, it, we'll, we'll see where those go because I think that's going to be real interesting to to watch um, for uh, the next you know couple of weeks, like while training camp goes, because um, you know you have these two guys who are going to be in line for these massive deals, and just saw Terry McLaurin uh, get his contract. Um, you know, wide receiver money is is going up, so we have these two guys who are going to be. It's probably more disruptive um, for you know in in the terms of them. They're in camp, um, but not practicing. So that they're around. That's probably, you know, slightly worse than a holdout because you're then seeing this guy every day. Um, so uh, I'm interested to see if that does kind of speed up some of these, you know, contract talks between uh, these two receivers and their teams. Yeah, and, De and Deontay out there, you know, still, you know, he's, he's not showing up either, right? Or he is there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's another guy that I think is is in yep. camp, but not. Yeah, doing he is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Field. I saw a thing. He's he's holding the play sheet yesterday. Uh, not no helmet, nothing. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he's not participating either because he's in that same boat. And he'd be the one I would say is the most unlikely to actually get what he wants because just the way yeah. Steelers have operated. Uh, but you know, th there's been some turnover there too. But I mean, they have insulation too, and you see them, you know, draft George Pickens this year. Uh, obviously, we're also waiting to see what the 49ers do for a number of reasons. Yeah, the the Niners are, are an interesting thing. Like we were kind of talking uh, beforehand about that, you know, it, it. I guess on you know July 28th now we can definitively say Trey Lance is is the starter, um, which like obviously we knew. Like the Kyle Shanahan has has answered questions about the future being like, I don't know if we're going to be alive tomorrow, so I can't say anything. But he has like definitively said Trey Lance is the starter like since the end of last season. Like this is the most definitive Kyle Shanahan has ever been about anything. So obviously uh, this is going to be like Trey Lance's team. Yeah, we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo um, a bit and where he might go. It's like they're not going to be able to trade him because of the, the, the money is, is too much. Right. So it's probably going to have to be released. Um, you know, there's not a lot of starter jobs open. Uh, so that'll, that'll be a real interesting thing because, you know, Garoppolo should be a starter. Like he's, you know, not the type of guy you want to, you know, build a contender around and we kind of have seen his limitations in those areas. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, an interesting little bit because like the 49ers are going to have to, uh, at some point, uh, come to the decision that, you know, Garoppolo uh, kind of has to go. And that's probably coming sooner than later now that he is cleared also. And like, that was always the hurdle we were kind of waiting for. This is only really a storyline because the 49ers weren't going to release him and, and guarantee some of his injury guarantees if he didn't clear uh, a physical uh, to be able to do that. So like, that's kind of what we've been waiting for. That's why there's been this holdup. It's not that, you know, the he's sticking around because they have doubts about Trey Lance. It's because they, they needed him to clear the physical because he was injured. So, um, 
yeah, and, and we're getting, you know, Brandon Ayuk, uh, the propaganda through through training camp. So, like, th- those have been some some fun stuff to see. Um, so, our, our main thing that we're going to uh, talk about today is uh, we, we did this last year, uh, and it kind of worked out. We had, oh, I guess one right answer on the on the bad teams, uh, and we all hit the good team. So we're going to take uh, a team with a that has a projected win total uh, from Vegas uh, of 10 or over, and we're going to pick a team to miss the playoffs uh, from that group, and then we're going to take a team that has a projected win total of 7 or under to make the playoffs. Um, so there's a there's actually a lot of teams in, in yeah. these areas. So uh, let's let's start with the the projected good team to miss the playoffs. So uh, if we look at uh, DraftKings, uh, I have those teams as the Rams, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Bengals, Broncos, Colts, and Chargers. Um, so if you were to have to pick while well, one of those teams projected to win 10 games or more to miss the playoffs, who are you going with? I mean, there's a lot of lot of options there. I think there's some fun ones uh, that we could talk about. I mean, I, I still am, am still starting with the Bengals, though. I mean, this is a team that was 10 and seven last year. They were 17th in DVOA. Uh, they were 17th in net success to offense. Uh, they were one of the top 10 healthiest teams in the NFL. Uh, they had some of the best field goal luck, uh, making long field goals, then field goals missed against them. Uh, this is a team that lost to the Bears. Uh, they uh, they basically had everything go right, right? And they had this streak in the playoffs. Now, they did improve in some areas, which we'll get into. But then also, I mean, I still, like, I mean, I still am on the fence with Zach Taylor. Uh, you know, they, you know, they were below pass rate expectation. You know, Burrow ended the season 16th uh, in first down pass attempts, despite, you know, he's fifth in completion rate in first down throws, second passing touchdowns in first downs. Uh, he's fourth in yards for passing up. They're, this team is slow as hell. They're 29th league in pace of play. Uh, you know, it's even in neutral game scripts, it drops worse. They were 30th in pace of play. Uh, I don't know if Zach Taylor, I have enough faith that like, I feel like the talent overcame Zach Taylor last year. Now the offensive line upgrades were absolutely massive. I mean, there was just no getting, getting away around it. They were second in the NFL in touchdown rate per drive on drives. They weren't sacked. Uh, and obviously only the bears were sacked more, uh, on a higher rate drives than, than the Bengals were last year. So there's, there's another gear this team can get to. I also think when you look at the flip of the schedule here, like it's rough, the Bengals, uh, they face our hardest slate of pass defenses this year. Uh, they draw 11, uh, teams that were in the top 13 last year. Uh, this offense is definitely has enough talent to overcome any type of, you know, who combat whoever they're facing but you look at the end of the season stretch i mean they play the browns the bucks the patriots the bills and the ravens weeks 14 through 18 that's as like hard of a schedule for any team that needs probably be in like postseason contention like when we get there and you look at last year burrow faced just six teams that were top 10 pass defense last year and in those games 7.3 yards for pass attempt 237 yards per game as opposed to 8.6 yards for pass attempt and 319 yards per game otherwise so i add all these things up i do like the like i said i love the additions of the offensive line but i feel like the Bengals are being regarded as like an elite team already because they were knocking on the door of winning a Super Bowl and cashing one in. But we've seen a lot of these teams that get that get there, like the 49ers a couple years ago, immediately have like a fall off in year two. And I kind of look at the Bengals and I feel like there's a lot working against them this season. Yeah. I mean, they are like when you well, get the VOA, like not only were they 17th, 
they had negative DVOA. And you know, when you look at weighted DVOA, they were they were positive, which you know weights games at, at the end of the season, so they were playing better at, at the end of the season. But we had to know, you know, playing better at the end of the season does not necessarily translate to better play, um, you know, next year. But yeah, obviously, they did have you know the the run to the Super Bowl, which which does uh, eliminate that like a little bit. But yeah, negative DVOA during the regular season, which is not great. And while you know doing some research, there were three teams last year that did. Um, that had negative DVOA and won at least 10 games. Um, and there's not a, a long list of that, but last year it was the, the Bengals, uh, the Raiders, and the Titans. Uh, and I kind of looked into it. it that's not necessarily um, a you know, uh, screamer and automatic uh, you know, regression for the following season because there have been some teams that have you know, improved and built upon that uh, for, the, for the following year. But yeah, to, to act like the, the Bengals are this elite team and, you know, talk about the the rest of the division right like the ravens are going to get much healthier and they're going to be good the browns you know we don't really know what the browns are going to be but like the outside of of quarterback like they have a really good roster um how do we still not know like what's going on like how do it's you know july 28th recording this they've opened camps up like well how do we not know the, the john watson news right now yeah, I mean, I I don't know, and and really, like the only, it's you know what Judge Robinson is really the only person who knows the timeline, right? We we've had you know there people have tried to leak things from each side, yeah. like we were hearing, like you're you're not there. There's one person who's in control of this right now, um, and uh, and it's just you know the honor timeline, which that I understand she probably doesn't care about the training camps opening to, to be honest, because she's not, you know, part of the, you know, it's not Roger Goodell making this call, sure. right? Like he would have made sure this was, uh, you know, done before training camp and, and probably as soon as possible, but like, that's not, uh, I guess that that's not the, the top of the priority right now. So, which, you know, yeah, that's fair. It's fine. I walked which, back probably. on that. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it, even so, with their roster, it's still good. Like the Steelers are going to be okay, right? Like there's no terrible team in this division, which like the Bengals were kind of able to get on top of uh, last year, right? Uh, the the Browns imploded. The the Ravens, everyone was hurt uh, at some point. The Steelers were still riding with. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and an offense that couldn't throw the ball more than five yards past the line of scrimmage. Uh, so this entire division is going to get you know significantly better too. So the path to get to the playoffs, I think, is harder for them just in general. Even if they do improve as a team, right? They can be a better team uh, and still not make the playoffs uh, just because of the situation around them in the division and in the AFC. Like it's going to be very hard to make a a wild card in the AFC too. Um, because all of those other yeah. divisions have gotten better. That that AFC West like might send three teams uh, to the playoffs. So um, you know that's tough. If the Bengals were in the NFC, like uh, yeah, they're they're making the playoffs at least as a wild card easily. Uh, but in the AFC and in the AFC North, like I, th- I think it is going to be pretty tough. So I I think they are going to be my pick too, just because like it's I think they uh, of these teams kind of have you know the toughest path right like even if like maybe the packers aren't as good and like yeah their wide receiver group is like actually a problem like they can still probably be a wild card like 
in the division because I think they still have like enough talent. It, it's it's hard to kind of you know, paint this picture. Like I don't want to say the Colts because that division is just bad, right? Like someone has to win that one. Um, and and that's why like we were unanimous when we did this last year. Uh, the three of us with with TA we were unanimously on the Colts. Like they had a, a 10 win uh, total last year. And it was like, no, no, there's no way. Like the quarterback's bad, but, um, and even in, in that bad division, um, and we kind of saw that play out, but I don't know. There were a couple of teams that stood out to me still too. I didn't know if we were both kind of the same one. I mean, like you said, the AFC was a huge factor because to me, both the Cowboys and 49ers are two teams that stand out as well. Obviously, the Cowboys with just the amount of turnover regression that they're just not going to be able to sustain. And then the right. just the pieces they've lost, too, offensively. I mean, you know, this yeah. is a team coming into the season really needing CeeDee Lamb to take a massive step forward in year three. Uh, you know, needing a guy like Jalen Tolbert, uh, you know, a third-round rookie to step up to an elevated role. Like, they're counting on guys that to really kind of, you know, to blow the doors open offensively to fill some of these roles they had. Uh, and then the Eagles look exponentially better. I think Washington's going to be a lot better than, than a lot of people do. Uh, and then the 49ers, the same thing. We used to have a Trey Lance factor. It could be a big plus, right? Or it could be a negative. They also, you know, Alex Mack retiring. There's no replacement there. K1 Williams left, Quatsy Tart. Uh, there, there's a, they're another team too. I look at as well, but being in the AFC was ultimately the the thing. And, and it's a, a, a hotter take too. Uh to say the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why, like, I wouldn't go with the Cowboys. Cause I do, I do certainly have those concerns. Right. But I also think like things have to go, I think like terribly wrong for the Cowboys to not like make a wild card. Right. Cause they still have that talent. there. like, Dak is still mm-hmm. really good. Uh, they're playing in a, you know, I won't say the weak division um, you know, the NFC East is probably going to be better than it has been in the past couple of years. Um, I do agree. I think the Eagles are, are probably a, a better team right now, but I think they they still have enough pieces where even if you know there is that defensive progression, which obviously is is going to happen, like they still have enough pieces where like they should be in the hunt. And I don't really trust a lot of other teams to you know leapfrog them. Like they're they're going to be a top seven team, I think, in in the NFC. Um, you know, which is uh, it's easy. I think it's easier to see some things breaking the way for the Bengals to not be a top seven team in the AFC. It's just, you know, that conference is just, it's, it's so much easier to paint the picture of how a team like the Bengals misses the playoffs than, than a team like the Cowboys miss the playoffs. If, if we're only picking one, right. I, I probably, you know, I'm a little lower, but you know, outside of a, a, another Dak injury, like it's, it's hard to, I don't trust them to make a, a long playoff run. Um, that's not a, a coaching staff I, I believe in at, at this moment, but it's it's a little more difficult to see that. And oh, like the the other thing with the Bengals is like I'm really interested to see how the offense kind of handles what it was because we heard Burrow this offseason say like I'm kind of expecting teams to play more too high. Like I think we're going to get that treatment this year, and mm-hmm. we have to be a little more you know, successful uh, on offense, like from play to play. And that was one of those things that they just, you know, weren't, they didn't do completely well, right? They, this offense was like almost more than any other, like really big on, on the explosive plays. Um, and Jamar Chase was, is a guy who was catching passes, you know, downfield. He had those, you know, 20 yard receptions, but he was also like crazy after the catch. So they were, they were creating explosive plays 
like everywhere. Um, and I think they're going to have to be a, a little more patient. Um, and I think I'm not totally sure if the offense is, is structured in that way, or at least, you know, the, the schematically. And like you said, with Zach Taylor, like I'm, I'm not sold on Zach Taylor uh, at all. So I'm not sure. I'm, I want to see how they adjust to how defenses are going to adjust to them this year. And I, I think that's going to be a, a big step for what, and a big hurdle for what they need to do to have any type of success this year. Yeah, I mean, they, they lived on that long play. They scored 21 touchdowns from outside the red zone. That was the third most by a team in the 2000s. No team's ever done, has scored 20 touchdowns from outside the red zone back-to-back seasons. So they're, they're going to have to be a lot more stable. Like you said, the teams are going are gonna to definitely try to take that away. Uh, you know, but Burrow, obviously, that's where his bread and butter was in college, too, even coming out. I mean, the, the, the intermediate stuff is where he can really carve you up. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll just have to, you know, see that – kind of you know take shape though um because it was like if if this team even if they showed it to high shell if they're they're rotating a single high like we're we're throwing deep down the sideline to jamar Mm -hmm. like that that was just what was happening so uh i i want to see whether they adapt to that quickly or if it's a little bit of a process and if they get off to a bit of a slow start like that's going to you know put them back too um all right. I, were any? Did you? If you had to pick an AFC West team to disappoint, are you going to take the the token way out and just say Broncos? Yeah, of the three, it's going to be the Broncos. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't see the the Chiefs being bad enough to right. again like not be a top seven team in the AFC. Like that's what we're talking about. Like, yep. are they going to make the playoffs? Um, you know, I I think I've been on record. I think the the Chargers are really good like I, I would pick them to win the afc right now so um now i'm not picking them to miss the playoffs for that reason so right. uh yeah i think uh, the broncos just for you know the reasons like uh, obviously russell wilson is really good um you know he's much better than what the injury plagued russell wilson was in 2021 right so we're, we're not really going to see that but you know between the defense there's there's still some questions there they're not like as deep as they were at some positions um you know they they still have you know some some really good guys like pastor tan is is going to be a star uh at corner but you know you have you know some questions about you know the quality and and depth of of the pass rush and whether like that defense is going to hold up like vic fangio is not there um i'm excited about uh their defensive coordinator like they have you know young pieces that are still going to be like the same type of scheme um but i think there's there's just more questions uh that are that need to you know click uh in order for the broncos to be like really good straight away uh and so yeah if we had to pick between those three like i the broncos are the easy answer but i think there's also a reason for that yeah all right let's let's move on to the, the more fun piece <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I, if i'd call it more fun um yeah so all right so now we are going to pick a team that is projected with a seven win total or lower to make the playoffs um this did not go particularly well last year when we did this uh there were cases made for a reason for it yeah well there were there were cases made for the jaguars and giants uh, on last year's episode uh which did not age well uh there was also a case made for the Philadelphia Eagles, which which did work out. So hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully, what we do now is going to be more Eagles than uh, than Jaguars and Giants. So of the teams projected to win uh, seven games or fewer, 
we have, once again, the Giants, uh, the Jets, Seahawks, Steelers, Falcons, Bears, Jaguars, Panthers, Lions, and Texans. So, Rich, where are we going? Yeah, and like we said, the AFC factor is huge here again. Like, it's hard to, like, go make an argument for, for an AFC team. Like, I really wanted to try to be the one to, like, stump for the Jaguars because they have, like, a, a, a pretty, like, good schedule and got they've been added skill players got improved coaching staff uh added office line pieces uh you you, you've won like lawrence breakout right like uh but man the afc like it's it's how do you how do you get one of those teams from that you just listed that are in the afc as like a top seven afc team i guess yeah they basically have to win the division the afc south team like you that'd be the argument for it so i mean I have two in the NFC. I mean, I'm going to take the cop-out answer and say the Panthers uh, first. I do actually like their win total over, uh, even if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, people forget this is a 3-1 and team last year. They were running hot, uh, and then just everything everything died. It's almost impossible for them to get worse quarterback play than they did last year. I mean, they were dead last in EPA passing. They were 32nd in team completion percentage. They were 31st in team touchdown rate. They were 31st in interception rate. They were 31st in yards for pass attempt. Like, there's only one way for, like, that stuff to go. Uh, you look at their their catchable target rate was their wide receivers had the lowest catchable target rate in the NFL. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey was snake bit once again. If he's healthy, you know, that's adding a guy that's like a Marshall Falk, like from this era to your offense. And the offensive line is just greatly improved. I mean, last year they were 29th in ESPN's pass block win rate, 26th in run block win rate. You look at pro football focus, they were 28th in pass blocking, 25th in run blocking grade. Uh, then they've added three starters to the offensive line this season. You add Bradley Bozeman at center, Austin Corbett from the Rams, and you take Ike McGuanu in the first round at pick six. Uh, this is going to be a greatly improved offensive front. Um, and then maybe you get a little quarterback upgrade, uh, you know, out of it as well. So I feel like it's a cop out. I have questions. They lost some pieces on defense. I'm not kind of happy about because they defensively is kind of where they were strong to start the year. Uh, you know, obviously losing, you know, Hassan Reddick was huge. Uh, you know, they add Gilmore, like cornerback two looks kind of iffy, but uh, I still think the Panthers, you, cause all you need is like, uh, a, you probably won't get like a Brady injury. Uh, but like if the saints definitely aren't as good as high in the saints, like you give them an out in that division to maybe win some games and it would be them. I'm curious to see if you go in a different direction. No, I'm not. Um, th- this would be my team too. And I think like you, we, we can so let's go with your last point there like it's easier to see a path to how this team could potentially make the playoffs right like the saints just kind of implode right they're just not as good as uh, you know they have been we've seen them have quarterback issues last year which kind of made them not great even with uh you know, a, a good defense, uh, which we kind of think they're, they're still going to have. Um, you have the the Falcons who just aren't super interested in winning right now. Um, so it, you could see the, the Panthers even being, you know, the second best team uh, in the NFC South. Like that's not super far-fetched. Um, and then you kind of like said they might have a marginal quarterback improvement. Like I th- we're underselling this. Like this is a gigantic quarterback improvement. Like whatever you think of Baker Mayfield, uh, like he doesn't have to be like a top 10 quarterback in your eyes, but like Sam Darnold is so bad. Um, and like they were, they were able to, you know, scheme him up for the 
first couple weeks of the season um, and like had this super training wheels offense on and had some people like saying, yeah, see, I told you about Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> and then like then, then the training wheels fell off and everything fell off. Um, so the difference in EPA per drop back between uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, who like we can all agree was like not good last year. The difference in 2021 uh, EPA per dropback is like about the same as what it would be from like to go from Baker to a full season of Kyler last year. Like that's a massive upgrade. So it, even if like you're not sold on on Baker being like the the quarterback, this is easily a, a an upgrade uh, over over what they had. Um, and like I'm not sure if I'm totally sold on Ben McAdoo being the offensive coordinator. Like I'd feel much better if it was still Joe Brady. Um, but you know, that McAdoo was able to do, you know, some stuff. And I think he's certainly a better offensive coordinator than he was a head coach. Um, like that, that year before he became the head coach, like he was kind of hired to be the head coach for a reason because they were able to, you know, figure some things out to get like the last little bit, uh, of Eli, um, when he was with the giants. So I think like there's, there's going to be better quarterback play and like not backbreaking quarterback play. And this was a team that was like in a lot of games. Um, you know, they had a lead in like uh, you know, a bunch of games and like they, they weren't able to close it out. And that was kind of because, you know, the, the offense was not good enough to sustain. Um, so we'll potentially have the health with Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, that's always a big if, but like, again, if he's healthy, um, he's able to do that. Um, you know, is easily going to be the, the best quarterback uh, that uh, DJ Moore has ever had. We'll hopefully get, you know, a little more Robbie Anderson uh, in the slot and he'll look more like 2020 Robbie Anderson than 2021 Robbie Anderson. You have Terrace Marshall, who you know, we <laughs> we hope uh, can, you know, look like an actual NFL wide receiver instead of, you know, one of the least efficient receivers that, that was on the field uh, last year, like even when he was able to get on the field. Um, and then like you look at the defense, there's again, a lot of, a lot of good pieces. Um, you know, you still have Brian Burns. Uh, they added Matt Ioannidis, uh, in, in the middle of that defense. Um, you know, th there's some pieces there like, yeah, they, they did lose to Son Reddick and like, that's kind of the downside of some of these one-year deals, right? Because like, we all loved that signing when it happened, but then he was good and the Panthers didn't really have money. And uh, he went on to get a, a bigger deal, like, and, and, the one-year deal being good on that one-year deal didn't really do a lot for Carolina, um, especially given, you know, the, the quarterback play they had. But, you know, if you put, like, an average quarterback on last year's team, I like, they're in playoff contention. I think the because of the turnovers and the way the quarterback play was so bad, like, it wasn't just that the quarterback play was bad. It was the, the way that it was with so many turnovers. They were, like, back-breaking turnovers um, that put the the defense in trouble, too, but especially, like, later in the season. Um, so I think we look down on Carolina because, like, those quarterback decisions, like, the entire place that we've gotten to, like, since this regime took over and the quarterback decisions that have been made up into that point. I think that is kind of, uh, it's, it's made us overlook like how much of an upgrade this is. Like, I think if you like this team with like Gardner Minshew last year is in playoff contention. And so now you're like putting, <laughs> and so now you're putting um, like a Baker Mayfield is, like he doesn't have to be great, right? He doesn't have to be like first overall pick Baker Mayfield, um, but like he's been fine, right? And so in even 
while fighting through that injury last year and whatever else was going on uh, with the Browns last year, like he was significantly better than Sam Darnold. So I think that is a massive quarterback improvement. Um, and I think we're kind of, you know, underselling that because of all the other things that like come with Baker and, and what has also gone on there. But like actually on the field, like I think they can set up an offense that will be will be fine. I think there's still enough pieces on defense. Like I don't think this is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And, and like said, there's there's a, a place where you can see them being um, you know, near a, a top seven team in the NFC because that that might not be significantly hard to do this year. Did you want to make a case for any other team? Well, I wanted to 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 do the Lions, but the defense is so bad just because they yeah, I, were, they were uh, yeah, a bunch I think of games last year. And if like Rodgers and the Packers like do they like it does step back, uh, you know, and Minnesota's not as good. Like there's there's a path there, but the defense is so bad on paper. Yeah, so the Lions are going to be <laughs> the good bad team I'm like interested in watching because I right. think they're going to be like one of those teams that is doing cool things but doesn't totally have the talent. I'm, I'm I think higher on the defense because I, I think they have some pieces in place. I like their uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, I like Aubrey president as um, the defensive backs coach. I think he's probably in line to be a defensive coordinator soon. Um, so there's, there's certainly pieces there where you kind of, you know, will hope if things break right, uh, it's going to be better. Um, I mean, I'm still hesitant on on Jared Goff. Like that's you know still right. a thing that even if you're you know hooking yourself to the Lions and they have some like good young pieces, it's still you know Jared Goff's playing quarterback. Um, so uh, as someone in the Scott Fishbowl who has a uh, is going to be riding a Jared Goff, Jameson Williams, and DJ Chark uh, stack at some point uh, <laughs> this year, yeah. So I, I I am invested in the Lions, but like I. I, their win total is what six. So like I'm, I think I'm in with like the group that thinks they'll probably be better than that. But like the the riding them to the playoffs, like I think we've we've gotten a little carried away with with some of yeah, this yeah. type. Yeah, I, I looked at them and wanted to try to make like the the real bull case. But uh, I like again, like and if anything here, if these teams don't make the playoffs, we at least gave a couple of maybe reasons to bet the. Game, the win over the totals, uh, but the win totals over. Yeah, and uh, it's it's I I can't really make a case for anyway. So I'm going to be writing up the the year two quarterbacks um, for for the site. Um, so I'm going to have some positive things to say about uh, Trevor Lawrence and and Justin Fields, um, but not enough where uh, I'm I'm ready to uh, to make those charges right. that those teams are actually going to be good. Yeah, it's it's tough down there, down there at the bottom. As someone yeah, who tried I, to rep the Giants last year, it was real tough. Oh, I I like I want to really go back and and look at some of the Giants takes from the beginning of the year when like people were still trying to like talk themselves into Joe Judge because. Who <laughs> um, and now uh, you know quarterbacks coach for uh for the New England Patriots, so got that to look forward to, Mac Jones. Um, so yeah, I mean, interesting, like these, these teams are, are projected to win seven games or less, like for a reason. Right. And right. but with the way the NFL works, like it's we're probably NFL. going to get one surprise uh, from there. And that's kind of what this exercise is, uh, you know, because we both agreed on the Panthers, probably not going to be them, but it's, it's going to be someone, uh, which is why kind of this exercise is, is fun because it, like the Eagles were not a team that a lot of people were talking about 
last year in this way, but they were mm-hmm. in this group and and they were the team that kind of made the run and they they built on that and like are one of the better teams in the league this year, even with, you know, while they're still kind of half in, half out on, on their quarterback. Um, so, but the, you know, things like that can, can switch, you know, in a pretty quickly. So, um, you know, it, it's a fun exercise to do. It's, you know, we'll, we'll look and, and see because there is going to be one surprise, uh, from, from this group. And, uh, and, and that's kind of what, what makes it because I think especially like this year, like we've kind of said, it's not, it, it's hard to see in, in the AFC, but I think there, there are like a lot of teams in the middle right where mm-hmm. you can kind of um you know see there's there's not going to be like between teams like 7 and you know 12 in some of these the conferences there's not going to be as big of a gap as maybe we've seen there's you know teams like the falcons that are not really trying to win and then that's not um what they're that's not, that's not their main goal for 2022 but i think there's there's fewer of those teams this year um and so I think that that's going to make that that little middle part uh, more interesting than I think it has been in past years. I think like when we see the graphics of like still in the hunt uh, after, you know, like week 10 or 11, like there's going to be more teams than usual, I think. Yeah, listen, we're, we're not going to door here. A couple weeks to go and we'll get to actually talk about some of these real games. Yeah, there it's 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 coming. Uh, and uh, that's uh that's where we are. So we're, we're sticking through. We're, we'll be coming back uh, every week. And uh, like I said, the, every show we're, we're closer to, to real football. And so we'll, we'll kind of sift through some of the training camp stuff um, and get some real news uh, when it happens. But other than that, like we're full steam ahead, starting to uh, preview the season. Uh, and now that note, if you have not picked up the sharp football, the 2022 sharp football preview, uh, you can do that. Uh, uh, on the site, uh, it's available. Uh, there's uh, a lot of work by uh, a lot of people that uh, work for the site that have uh, gone into that for like over 500 pages of uh, of a lot of stuff previewing the the 2022 season. So uh, you can go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, you can pick that up. Um, and we're getting uh, we're getting really close to to fantasy season too. So we'll be uh, having this some more fantasy, fantasy content season. there. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's here. Like we were just talking about the Scott Fishbowl. We already you know done that draft so that's i think that's like the the first like i'm still big. going oh is it Dude, wow it's the longest most painful draft ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uh, mine went pretty quickly but like that feels like the first like official kickoff like for fantasy season like the people who aren't like doing best ball drafts all summer um yeah it feels like uh scott fishbowl draft is, is really the the big kickoff and and rich has uh updated rankings going to be doing uh more fantasy content so um it's time to uh pick up your fantasy subscription to sharp football analysis uh, right now for the 2022 season that's the way you're going to get all of rich's content uh so you should absolutely be doing that i'm not sure how you can do a fantasy football season without it so you can find rich's work uh there sharp football analysis all, all week more fantasy content coming up you can find rich on twitter at what reeves you can find me on twitter at tampa Zuda. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again soon.